Okay, good morning or good afternoon. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but thank you so much for joining us. This is Representative Dan Miller. You are listening to the On the Table. And on the table today is going to be a primer discussion a little bit for our Disability and Mental Health Summit that's coming up on May 11th at, of course, the Beth L. Congregation, our home away from home, right across the border in Scott Township from Mount Lebanon. We love them over there. They're always so great. And we appreciate um, having friends in the area who help make the event special, but also who I rely on to help educate me and give me some information about what's working, what's not working, what can be better, where the state can be more helpful. And one of our long-term partners in our Disability and Mental Health Summit has always been Keystone Oaks, Keystone Oaks, which is fantastic. And from Keystone Oaks, joining us today is Ms. Suzanne Lochi, uh, who is the uh, Director of Pupil Services over at uh, KO. So Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yes, well, I've been hearing that you guys over at KO have been spending a lot of time uh, on uh, talking about uh, and working with young people and mental health. And that's going to be a topic for us at our Disability Summit. And I was like, you know what, let me grab Suzanne. Let me talk to her for a little bit. Let me hear what's going on. So first off, uh, just uh, broadly speaking, uh, how are things going at KO? They're busy as usual. Um, we definitely have a high need with our students in the mental health area. Um, even post pandemic, you know, things have gotten just more intense um, and there's just always a need. And now, you know, post pandemic, post whatever's going on in the in the world today, um, we can no longer just provide educational services in school settings. We must pair that with mental health services as well. Um, they have to go hand in hand to meet the students needs that we have. Yeah, well, no doubt about that. And, you know, just I know some uh, the size of KO, how many kids are in KO right now? About. We have between 1,800 and 2,000. It fluctuates year to year. Um, okay. But about, mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, so kind of like a middle school, you know, not not the smallest, not the biggest, right? Somewhere sort of in right. in the middle a little bit there. So, um, one of the things that we've been trying to talk, take a look at, and you mentioned, of course, the pandemic, and I can never be entirely sure. It's I don't know if it's even a meaningful debate in some ways, but whether or not the pandemic um, caused some mental health challenges or whether or not it revealed mental health challenges. I'm not quite sure uh, which way is pro- is more accurate or not, but from your school of 18 uh, to, uh, 1800 to 2000, you already mentioned a little bit here, but what have you seen in the last three years um, regarding uptick in, in needs and maybe a little idea as to what type of challenges you're, you're coming across? I would say over the last 20 years, there's always been a need for mental health in schools. That's how long we've had mental health therapists working in the district in different capacities. Um, but in the last three years, there's definitely been an increase in that need and also a, a level of intensity that we haven't seen before in public school. Um, what what do you mean I, intensity? What, what, what do you mean? Um, well, there's varying, you know, disabilities or mental health disorders that we deal with, you know, here. Um, anxiety has greatly increased. Um, there's kids with trauma that has, you know, I think being home and being in environments where they didn't have access to supports um, definitely increased their ability to process things and deal with those triggers that happen. Um, is it? Is so, it? And I apologize for jumping no, in. Just gonna, you, you said something I want to try and. and uh, is it the uh, the acuity, the severity of the need has also changed, or or no? Uh, are you coming across kids with? The anxiety is there, but it's even more challenging. The number of students who need mental health support has increased, but then probably 50% of that that need has greatly, dramatically increased with intensity and 
frequency of outbursts of mental health issues of self you know harm suicidal ideation our referrals to partial programs and hospitalization um, they've de definitely increased let me ask you this too one of the articles that caught my attention not too long ago was concern for girls um, and it talked about an increase in uh, you know teenage girls but also even some preteen girls but uh, girls coming uh, forward and, um, and needing help um, uh, most uh, seeking it uh, some some perhaps not uh, but in particular with girls are I'm wondering just anecdotally not to get you know too specific in any individual need but are you seeing how is that breaking down for your needs your services regarding uh, you know uh, boys and girls in the school it's hard to say without looking at the actual data in front of me, but I would say that the amount of students on the mental health therapist caseload is equal. But I okay. think with girls, we see, you know, equal boys, girls, but I think we see more self-harm with girls, more internalizing behaviors. Um, with boys, we see more externalizing behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, so girls usually hurt within and boys, you can see it by outward display of behavior and anger and things like that. Well, and I'm sure each, you know, internal and external probably brings about different uh, challenges, of course. But from just so I understand how you guys structure support in KO. So 1800 to 2000, obviously we're talking, uh, you know, uh, the entire age gamut in that number. But like um, when it comes to, say, uh, broadly speaking, your high school and middle school ages in particular, um, what does help and support on the mental health side look like in KO? Well, we've definitely had to increase our staff in those supportive roles. Um, we added two school counselors this year, as well as another full-time mental health therapist. Um, so we now have eight full-time school counselors across the district and three full-time mental health therapists. Um, and then as we try to figure out, you know, in education, we really like to talk about triangles and tiers. Um, so like the bottom of the triangle is all kids. That's where the school counselors really support them every day. All kids, um, you know, they push into classrooms, they do academic support, they do career lessons. And then when they go up to tier two, you know, probably half of those kids may be seeing them individually, you know, for group or, you know, sessions or, you know, they have attendance issues. You know, we do more specific individual interventions, but still not the top tier, which is those most needy kids with the most um, highest issues. And that's where we see the mental health therapist support. Um, but we send all the referrals through our student assistance program at all levels so that we can really triage the concerns and figure out how we can take it from a counseling level to the SAP level, maybe do a behavioral health screening, get some community supports in place. And then from there, you know, we refer to school-based or, you know, on from there. But that's how the kids make it to the therapist caseload. Okay, so there, there's a lot there. So, yes. <laughs> uh, so if I got it straight, though, three therapists. Okay. Yes. And, and what level, just so I can, I can understand it, uh, is, is that like a licensed therapist? Um, yes. Yes. Sorry. We strive to hire licensed therapists so that there's a very clear distinction between what the school counselor's role is and what the school-based therapist's role is, and. You know, and talking about having, you know, contracting with outpatient therapists to come into the schools, which we have done in the past, they have to be approved by the student's insurance. And there's so much red tape trying to get through that process. And we have such a supportive school board here. We were able to hire those therapists to provide yeah. these services to the students free of charge. You know, we don't bill insurance. Um, so they're here for our kids at that level of need. Um, yeah, so we have one therapist 
oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, by the way, I think that's great because you do you, you to have that supported school board. And I know your superintendent is forward thinking on these issues as well. We'll look yes, forward absolutely. to talking to him soon. But let me pause you too. You say so many things. I feel like I'm going to interrupt you 100 million times. Uh, but when it came to uh, you said that on the private insurance side, it's it's a it's a bureaucratic headache of some type. Yeah. Are, do, do you know? Yeah. Do you know why that is? Um. Well, I just think, you know, bigger, you know, we also have to look at like the demographics of our, our families and, you know, where they tend to work and where they get that insurance from, which, you know, which employers and a lot of our parents work in the service in industry or other places that maybe don't give, you know, Highmark or UPMC insurance. So then when they have like independent insurance companies, they're much harder to find services that they'll, the insurance company will cover 100%. Um, and being a licensed therapist, you know, trying to get creden credentialed for those different insurances, it's hard too. So it's also on the mental health side, trying to get credentialed to accept those insurances, it's another barrier. You're a licensed therapist? I am. Look at you. You got you're working on a hundred <laughs> things. That's that's really good. Yeah, well, I kind of wonder. Mental health in schools is so important to me, and why I advocate for it so much because I well, came from you... the mental health world before I joined the educational world. Well, no, that was, you're, listen, you're a good hire over there at KO. I, they're, they're making good decisions. Yeah, um, you know, but it's one of the things that always concerns me. We wrote a bill on this uh, a couple of years ago, but, um, you know, it's like with kids uh, with their service, uh, things for disability, mental health, and I also put in something on addiction support, uh, substance use support. But the, um, you know, it, it concerns me uh, originally, one of the, you know, sort of two concerns. Number one is, what you were saying when sometimes parental insurance does not provide for coverage enough uh, on a kid's mental health, which is a, a an unbelievable scary thing. Um, and then even when they do, of course, we often outside the school district find access problems that you may be covered, but you may be waiting uh, on, on lists now yeah, for- Huge for, waiting lists right now. Yeah, you know, and it, it's something where like on the disability side, you know, for uh, autism, for example, the state made, uh, you know, I don't, I might have been almost 20 years ago now, but the state made a decision to broadly cover, um, you know, through uh, you know, Medicaid uh, funds, broadly cover uh, access um, for, uh, uh, you know, autism uh, supports for, for whatever a child needs. So no matter, so in Pennsylvania, no matter your income level, you get covered for uh, autism supports. And I've had parents who've come up and talked to me about having Highmark and, and UPMC plans that that basically tell the parents, just go to the state because we won't, we won't cover. Now, whether or not that's good or bad, it's a different question. But um, I do wonder on the mental health side, you know, as we talk about gaps in coverage, it's just one of those things where it's like, whatever a kid needs for mental health, I mean, invest in that kid now and you can't have a kid you know ever saying that well i can't get that what my therapist says i need because it's not covered by my parents insurance you know and we we do have community partners that will help us you know navigate those issues when they arise um we work with teen outreach you know which is right. very close to us and they yeah. will accept you know kids with a sliding scale fee um and then also, you know, with the county, they can help us walk parents through trying to apply for different types of insurance or if there is a disability, apply for medical assistance and walk them through that process because that's a whole bunch of red tape as well. Yeah. Um, 
See, so but just again, it's a barrier to mm -hmm. kids getting the services they need. Well, right, and that's what I'm, that's what I think about it. You know, is that right. like if you you we started this quick little tangent uh, with you saying how bureaucratic red tape, uh, you know, uh, challenges come up with private insurance, and I'm like, there should never be a delay on a kid's mental health needs as prescribed by a professional for coverage, because we can't figure out how to get the kid's insurance uh, to to take it. So it is something else. It's not your world, uh, you know, really, you're reporting on it. You know, I have to figure out how to eliminate that. But all right. So uh, it's clearly one of the problems that, that we have to talk about uh, as a state. Uh, in relation to your, it sounds like you guys have built out uh, pretty well with your eight counselors, I think you said, and then and then three uh, therapist course, and you're there as well. Um, is, is there, um, do you have a psychiatrist that is also involved or no? No, we just have a school psychologist, um, but school then, a, you know, he sits on our SAP team, um, and, but because there's such a demand for educational evaluations, he very rarely gets to act in his other capacity with meeting with students, which, um, that's on my next list of people to hire is we need more school psychologists as well. <laughs> well, and let me ask you, uh, two, well, two things. First of all, what is the difference for you guys from we, school? Yeah. From a school psychologist to a psychiatrist. Yeah. The school psychologist is a disciplinary member of a, a team um, that helps problem solve any type of situation the student may need. But they focus on, you know, development, their um, ability and achievement and how those different things affect their academic progress as well as their social emotional progress. Um, with a psychiatrist, that is a different level doctor that can prescribe medicine, can assign um, mental health diagnoses, and works in a clinical setting, not in a school. The educational evaluations that you referenced, um, are those in something done for in support of an IEP? Or, or what, yes. what do you mean? Yes. Um, so my department also deals with all the initial evaluations before kids qualify for special education services. Um, and we've been inundated with requests from parents, pediatricians, doctors. Um, we've actually doubled the amount of evaluations we've done this year since last year um, and from the year before. So it's been a really hectic that way too, just trying to get kids services they need in a different way. Um, oh. But with you know the academic holes that have been left because of the pandemic, some kids just aren't making the progress that would normally be expected. Um, but there's no, there's no normal again. You know, this is just our new normal. You know, and, and not every kid, of course, with a mental health diagnosis is going to qualify for an IEP. No. And some, sometimes could be a 504 plan. Uh, right. Sometimes right. nothing. Right. So. Right. Uh, but are you guys just generally, I know you probably don't have the data in front of you. Over the last couple of years, are you guys seeing an increase in the number of kids with an IEP or 504 plan? Um, I can't speak to the IEP data because that's the special education department. Um, 504s, though, we've been getting more requests, um, but the overall number, I don't think with people, you know, moving, leaving, things like that, um, they're just, again, more intense, more requirements, more requests for different accommodations that we haven't done before. Yeah. Well, uh, so uh, in relation to your build out, which is uh, obviously tremendous, and I know you guys are working very hard, uh, but if, if you were to talk to a legislator, let's just say you found a legislator and, yeah. and you were to like, look, here's what my kids need, what my school needs in relation to addressing um, mental health concerns with our, our students, what would you say it is? We need money directed at supporting students personally, socially, emotionally, 
because in the big huge realm of things here in education academics is very important like we have to get these kids ready to keep moving on to the next grade and to graduate for, you know and be successful in the future but they can't learn and be successful if we don't remove the barriers they have due to their mental health needs their behavioral needs uh you know their their self-esteem things like that you know and I, let me push you a little bit on that answer too because when you say money directed uh what to what would it uh towards more therapists uh, I mean, what exactly would, where would you like to see it go? If you could. Right now we're good here with therapists and counselors. Right. And I know other districts don't have the same level. You know, there's very few across the state that actually employ mental health therapists in their staff with their teachers, like their bargaining unit positions. Um, the only other district we've talked to is um, State College. They have a similar program and our therapists have been collaborating yeah. um, to see how we run things. Um, but we do need more school psychologists. That's an awfully forgot, forgotten position that can do a lot more than just testing. Is that a um, full-time position with you guys or no? It is, yes. Yeah. So, uh, but towards mental therapists system-wide, everybody, you know, yes. that's what, yeah. Because we can't send kids out for services very much because of the long waiting lists, you know. So then the parents will look right. to us to provide the services. Um, yeah. The other thing is trying to work with the county and figuring out how to, they can better collaborate with us. I mean, the people that I'm in touch with at Allegheny County have been amazing this year, but again, mm -hmm. they've had so many changes and they've been, you know, also on the gun to provide different services, different ways because of the funding and, you know, just the lack of availability um, that they, yeah. they need more support as well. Well, listen, I, I, I know uh, you're, you're taking time. Uh, you guys just got back from uh, the uh, spring break and I know it's uh, you got a lot going on so I really appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us I feel like I can pepper you for another like three hours uh, but uh, but I really appreciate it um, Suzanne so thank you so much for joining sure, us always good to talk with you well and look everybody this is uh, you know I um, for those who don't know when we started the disability mental health summit uh, 10 years ago uh, we were blessed to find great partners with, with KO uh, Mount Lebanon uh, Bethel Park uh, was always part of it as well, uh, and then later the city of Pittsburgh. So uh, we hope that as we continue to uh, navigate our uh, our program over the years uh, to continue this partnership, but um, Suzanne and everybody at KO are doing great work, and the state has the constitutional responsibility in so many ways to make sure that kids have uh, what they need to learn, um, and whether we like it or not, that includes um, in uh, making sure that the mental health needs of children are are addressed so they can learn. Uh, and some people say, well, uh, we need to get back to uh, to the uh, pre-pandemic numbers. And I'm like, look, we were having problems before the pandemic, right? Right, I see Suzanne nodding her head. So, it, you know, we weren't, uh, before the pandemic was not the promised land of mental health access and supports. Um, we're, we were still trying to get there. Uh, hopefully now with a little more tension and clearly increased demand, unfortunately, that we can do that. So, but Suzanne, thank you so much. Thank you everybody for joining us uh, today and we'll look to hopefully talk to you soon.